What's up producers, it's Sam Matler and this is the EDM Podcast, a one half talk show with my friend Levi Whalen and one half interviews with accomplished producers, artists, industry people, engineers, you name it. Uh, and in this episode I'm interviewing Ilpo Kalkainen. He is a drum and bass producer, he's been in the game for about 20 years, uh, maybe more. And he runs a website called resoundsound.com, which I'm sure a lot of you have come across. It's a really good blog, uh, some fantastic advice on there. And we talk about that, and we also talk about (laughs) a range of other things. And this is a a long interview. It's very in-depth, very comprehensive, uh, but a lot of it is to do with workflow, uh, creativity, how to come up with ideas, the difference between motivation and inspiration, and how... Uh, they should be looked at as a producer. Tactics for finishing music, which I know a lot of you struggle with. Uh, perfectionism, collaboration, like there is a lot in this interview. It's hard to uh, <laughs> kind of put it into a few categories. Uh, so this, yes, this is a diverse interview, a lot of stuff covered. I'm sure you'll enjoy it and I'm sure there's something for everyone in here. Before we get into it, two things to mention episode 12 will be uh, Levi and I talking about focus and time management so if you have any questions about that uh, email me sam at edmprod.com or tweet me at edmprod uh, and we'll try to include those in the show otherwise we'll just follow our our notes uh and the second thing i want to mention is the itunes reviews we're getting quite a lot of them thank you very much if you haven't left your review yet and you want to uh, you can head on over to edmprod.com slash itunes and leave a rating and review there uh, it just helps a lot because you know if you're if someone's looking at the music podcasts and they see the edm podcast with you know all these ratings and reviews they're more inclined to listen to it Anyway, that's about it for now. Let's get into the show. This episode is brought to you by EDM Foundations. EDM Foundations is my course for new producers, those who've been producing for under 12 months or even those who've just started. The whole idea of the EDM Foundations course is that you learn the fundamentals of music production by actually doing and not just learning the theoretical stuff. The course consists of over 12 hours worth of streamable video where I walk you through the creation of three songs and give you advice and tips for working on your own original alongside them. We've had over 500 people sign up for this course. Many of them have had great results. If you want to learn more about the course, head over to edmfoundations.com. Ilpo, how's it going? I'm good. Good, thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no problem at all. It's, it's fantastic to have you here. And for those listening who don't know you, why not give us a bit of background? What got you into music and what are you doing currently? Yeah, cool. Um, well, I got into music. I'm 35 years old now. So I got into music when I was a little kid. So I've been into it for quite a while now. Um, basically like in the mid eighties, 
I started playing some Finnish folk instruments. And that's how that's how I kind of got into it first. My parents also like my mom plays instruments, and my my, my dad actually builds builds like this for Finnish folk instruments. So so we have that kind of running in the family. Um, yeah, then I got into like band stuff when I was a bit older, and and eventually I kind of discovered we had this punk rock band going on with my friends, like when we were teenagers, and. Eventually, I discovered like I can do music on my own. It was quite a like like with computers. It was quite quite a revelation for me. Like I was like 15 years old, but at like 95 or something, I started to realize like hey, I don't really have to listen to all these guys argue about things, and you know, <laughs> I, I can I can have my own way, you know, and mm. decide everything. And and that was like that's that was the point turning point for me really. When I really like discovered electronic music and and I can that I can do it on my own. So just yeah, yeah. Just out of curiosity, was this in? So this was in '95. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what kind of software was were you using then? I used um, software called um, Impulse Tracker. It's like, a, have you heard heard of trackers? Yeah, yeah, I have. It's like yeah. it's a track tracking. Yeah, so that's what I was doing. Like I was using different trackers. Uh, mostly impulse tracker at the time. I started with screen, screen tracker actually, and impulse tracker came out pretty quick after that, and I started using that. And yeah, so I, I was heavily into that like um, tracker scene and also like the demo scene back in the day. I used to make music for lots of like demos, and, and I, I had my own group released. It was called Rebound. Mm-hmm. Uh, we released like more than a hundred tracks. Wow. It's like a net label thing. So like we just put stuff up on the internet for free. Mm-hmm. And actually like when we started we it wasn't even like on the internet. It was it was like based on BBS systems. Oh wow. So, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it was kind of kind of we had we had the internet but it was it wasn't like the music wasn't on the internet yet at the time. So it kind of I kind of seen that whole thing develop from from like because you had to, like, if you wanted to download some music, you had to call call a like dial into a BPS system and you know make a call and download something onto your computer, and it was kind of funny. And you could also dial, you call, you can use your computer to call your friend, and he could accept your call, kind of like what we're doing in Skype now, huh. but without the internet, you know, so it was like a direct connection. It's quite quite interesting. Yeah. So yeah, we we had this track, tracker group group going, and yeah, and I'm um, from there, just kind of sort of developed. I started like, like I'm, I started experimenting with different software. So like that was the time when like the name, late '90s, early early 2000s, the software really started to develop quickly, and and yeah, I've just I've always been always been experimenting with different kinds of ways to do music, and and yeah, just. From, taken from there, I like started releasing my first, first real like commercial releases. Well, in the early two thousand, I think two thousand actually, um, and yeah, from there on, I've just been releasing music on different labels. Like I've I've released on probably like more than fifty different independent labels by now, all over the world. And, and yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, I went to school. I studied electronic music production as well for four years. 
graduated 2004, set up my own studio. After that, moved here to Tampere and, and yeah, just been doing music. I've had I've been fortunate even enough to like kind of have been been able to re- release music on one of my favorite labels, like the ones that I used to grow up with, like Metalheads and Renegade Hardware, the label that I used to be listening when I first got into this music and, and so it's been amazing to see my music released there and, and been able to kind of travel a bit through DJing and so so yeah that's that's kind of that's kind of where I come from musically yeah that's really cool uh what DAW do you use then um currently um I actually use three different ones um because I used to use Logic for a long time like for like 10 years or so. And um, I've been like for the past couple of years, I've been transitioning out of it, but I still have some projects in Logic, so I still use that a little bit. Mm. But, but I'm mainly using Live now for, for production. Um, and I use Pro Tools for mixing work and mastering work. So so that's the kind of split. I mainly use Live for like creative work and making tracks. Mm-hmm. But I do like to like, when I begin mixing, I like to take it into a different environment. And I think Pro Tools is just perfect for that. So, so why kind of, why do you take it into Pro Tools? Because I know quite a few people do that, uh, but they've all got different reasons for doing so. Yeah, yeah. There's many reasons, actually. Um, first of all, I don't think Live is really the best kind of environment for mixing i was always like before i even got into pro tools i was taking my tracks when i fin- I was finished with them in live i took them to logic for mixing because mm-hmm. i just don't think think live has the best possible facilities for mixing like like it doesn't have like ac- accurate metering mm-hmm. like accurate enough for me anyways and um yeah you, i mean it's just doesn't show you all the plugins at the same time and you know it, it's kind of it's a workflow thing, I think. But also, like, Pro Tools is just so, like, they have a long history in, in work, working with audio, and, and they've just nailed it, really, the, the workflow and the interface, and everything just works really well. Um, and it's also, technical things aside, I think it's more, it's even more like a workflow. It's like, when I take, bounce things to audio from live, it's like a, like, um... How do you call it? Um, well, it's, it's, it's a point that says to me, like, now it's time to stop You've committed. It. You've committed to it and yeah, you can't tweak yeah, exactly. it. Mm. Yeah, exactly. It's time, time to stop tweaking and, and start, like, finishing this track. And, and kind of it helps me finish tracks better. Mm. And it, But it also makes them sound better because I obviously I also mix, mix as I go. Like, oh, I try to make things sound as good as possible mm. from the start, obviously. Mm. But but it's also beneficial, I think, to like have this different separate mixing session, and and it really also helps me to do that in a different door. Right. So, just a follow-on question from that: Do you master your own work or or not? I don't like to. Mm. If I if I don't like, I master my own work only when it's for like. I don't master any final releases mm, let's put mm, it that way mm. like i don't i don't master anything that gets released but i master everything for for like the when i finish track i do do a master of it so that i can send it out to people to play and i can play it myself in the clubs so before we have the final real master i do one of my own just to just to have a 
something to play out. But yeah, I, I really don't think anyone should be mastering their own music. Like for when it gets released, you, you should just have someone else to do it. Mm-hmm. It's just because you lose all you lose there's no way avoiding like you lose objectivity when you're making the track and that's i think that's the main point of mastering really is to have someone else listen to it someone who has the experience and knows how the how it relates to the rest of the genre and and understands the like the little intricacies of the music and and it has to be someone else than you because you're obviously i mean you you're by very very biased by the time you finish the track yeah no absolutely the last episode, no, episode eight was actually with uh, Nicholas DiLorenzo, a mastering engineer, and he right. said something similar to that. And he also said that the room, the studio, like the space comes into it as well. Um, oh, definitely, yeah. I'm not yeah. sure what your, yeah. what, just uh, out of curiosity, what do you have in your studio? How's, what kind of gear? Um, uh, It's all software now. Okay. I, I, used to, I used to have some hardware, but now I'm just... Yeah, I've been working with purely software Volo for years now. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, I I have invested heavily into the listening chain though. Like I have a real a mastering grade uh, converters, mm-hmm. and I have really good monitor- monitoring. So just so like I have, to, I want to make sure the listening is good. Mm-hmm. But as as far as processing, it's all in the it's all in the box. Now, right, uh, right. I think soft software has gone like in the past years. It's been amazing all the developments and 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 sound wise how it's how what what has happened and it's like mm. it's entirely possible to get really 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 good sounding music with just software now and and I think it's only getting better like mm-hmm. like all the uh, computer power is. Is increasing. It's still still increasing exponentially. So I mean, if you think well, like a few years or ten years, or even just three years from now, it's it's we're gonna have some different possibilities to process sound. And and, and I think the software industry is really really booming right now, and, and there's some really interesting stuff happening. Absolutely, it's, it's, great. it's yeah. kind kind of yeah. It's like. I like all the analog kind of modeling stuff, but I think the real the real interesting stuff is happening like with with like doing stuff with plugins that could never be done with with analog so analog hardware. So like that's that's I think that the really interesting stuff, and that's what we're going to be seeing a lot in the coming years, I think. And that that's that's one of the reasons I like like to work with software as well. Mm. Do you have any favorite uh, plugin companies? Oh, I have uh, many, many favorite <laughs> plugin companies, but I, I would have to say, like right now, FabFilter are really mm-hmm. killing it mm-hmm. for me. Like, they're just. Have you used their plugins? I have. I've used a few of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like they have really understood the point that I was just talking about, like mm-hmm. made, making proudly digital plugins that will take like things to a new level instead of just trying to emulate. I mean, there's nothing wrong with trying to emulate analog mm. hardware. Like, I, I used a lot of that kind of plugins as well. But I mean, I love the, what FabFilter are doing with like taking things to a different level and you're using all the digital possibilities to, to kind of expand and, and, mm. and, 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 you know, give you new possibilities to, to work with sound. Yeah. So I'd have to say FabFilter for sure. FabFilter, definitely. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, I would love to talk about your creative process because you do, with your blog, you write quite a bit about creativity. 
Um, yeah. When you're starting a new track, how do you get from, first of all, how do you come up with your ideas and how do you take those ideas to a finished track? Hmm. Um, yeah, that is a really, really good question. And it's, it's a kind of, it's a long process and it doesn't always go the same way, but, you know, just to give you some kind of general idea, um, usually I just, I don't start with a defined idea. I just kind of, I start by experimenting. That That's like, that's the first point for me most of the time. Sometimes there's an idea that I want to carry out. Sometimes I do get a, like a flash of light in my head and, you know, just this is what I need to do. But most of the time it's just like I start playing around and, and see what comes out. And just when something good happens, then I take it from there. Um, so I think for me, like experimenting and, and and kind of having that random element is really important. And I always try to like find ways to, to bring that randomness into the process but you know it, ha- it has to be in a controlled way though but it, i don't want to be like too like too precise or too too defined in in the way i make music mm. so i think that's just gonna make it boring so so yeah I, I usually start by experimenting a lot um but yeah I, um when i have an idea going on i i, I usually really try to hone it so i have the dreaded four bar loop (laughs) (laughs) whatever um and that that's the difficult part most of the time um but um yeah from there i just kind of try i try to get the structure going as quick as possible and and as i said before i I split the process in two parts so i have the creative part and and then then i have the mixing parts which kind of gives the process structure as well um, and yeah, I think really it, it is about having a balance between between the free form experimentation and and the learned methods and techniques that you know, and just finding a balance with those. Yeah, I think it's like um, for me, it's like actually now that I'm start thinking thinking about it, it really goes like it starts really really experimental, and and the more finished I get the more methodical and the more technical mm-hmm. I get also. So it kind of starts all over the place and ends up really precise. If, if you, if you like, does that make any sense to you? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And it's, it's quite interesting because the way I understand creativity at its core is it's about playing around and experimenting. I'm not sure yeah. if you've seen, you may have seen at the talk that John Cleese did many years ago. Mm. No, I don't think I have. Oh, so he talks about, you know, the, the, um, what's needed for creativity. And one of the main things he says is you need to be able to play like muck around without any particular goal in mind. And, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. And then yeah, as you go yeah, along yeah. where your track starts to take shape, you kind of know what you have to do, um, yeah, to take yeah, it yeah. to completion. That's really interesting. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I agree completely. So, do you do you encounter any like creative block, and if so, how do you how do you overcome that? Um, yeah, I do. Um, I don't. I, I don't really like the word creative block. Um, well, yeah, I, I don't know. I know what people mean by it, but you know, for me, it's also like 
because I see myself as a professional. So it's something that I, I just don't like accept quite easily. Just because I've I've learned by experience that most of the time, when you just start start doing, even if you're not feeling like like it's, then something good still usually quite often comes, and it only takes like one happy accident and you're like back on the track and going strong so so for for me like when i feel like not not making music or something good is not coming out i still try to give it a push and and see what happens that's kind of the mentality i have if it doesn't work out then that's fine you know that's Mm -hmm. okay but obviously there's also like there's things that you can do it's it's also a lot about having the right kind of creating the right kind of environment for the creativity to happen. So like if you're, if you're checking your email all the time or, or jumping into Facebook Mm -hmm. and, or if you have a lot of people running around in the same room or, you know, like I have my cats that are always (laughs) distracting me, you know, stuff like, you know, stuff like that, then it's, you're not going to be able to kind of dive into that kind of your own world that you need to have to create music to focus on creativity and so so it's it's also about creating the right kind of atmosphere atmosphere and being aware of 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 the the whole thing like it doesn't just happen automatically you have to you have to create the right uh, right environment for it do you think some people have kind of a uh the wrong opinion about inspiration because what you just said there, like it's it's not something you wait for and it comes. You have to yeah. you have to force it at times. Yeah. Um, I, I see a lot of people say, you know, oh, I'm just not feeling it today. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, yeah, what you said about having the wrong opinion about inspiration, I think that's absolutely correct. Like I, I definitely see that kind of, yeah. Um, I'm just trying to like, think how, 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 how I should put it. Um, yeah, inspiration for me, it's, it's, it's something larger, you know, something, you know, it's, it's not in the moment. Like, like if, if I'm feeling inspired or not to make music, if I'm like, if I'm feeling inspired to make music, great. But if I'm not feeling, I can, I should still, cause it, like I said, it's only, it only takes one idea to like happen and, then you're you know completely changed and you're you're like enjoying the process again so i mean it's kind of giving up up too quickly and and kind of how should i say it you're you're kind of giving away the your power if you're only trying to like if you're only only following inspiration you're you're giving away all your power really and and you're kind of like jumping into the river and and let it take you instead of like being in a boat and, and rowing it into a certain uh, direction. If you get yeah, my drift, yeah. like, it's, it's, it's kind of like, that's how I kind of see it. It's, it's a bit difficult to explain, plain, but, um, inspiration for me is like listening, listening to good music or going to a concert or, you know, that's the kind of stuff I get inspiration from. Mm. Like it's, it's a general big thing, you know, that I can draw from anytime, but I would, I think like, people also get like inspiration and motivation mixed up as well. Okay. So I would, I would, I'd rather talk about like motivation rather sure. than inspiration. Yeah. Could you explain that? Like, yeah, because um, I think motivation is something we also 
often don't realize that it's something we can really affect as well. Like if you if you're not feeling motivated, it's often because of external things and 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 because you're kind of succumbing to the uh, outer outer world and and like being distracted with all kinds of things and mm. and not allowing yourself the time to focus and and also just not maybe thinking through through your priority priorities and on what you why you are doing what you are doing mm. so if you you get those things straight like you have your the right kind of environment and and by the way there's a lot of like scientific um research being done on that like since the 60s or 50s there's a really good book actually um uh, forgot the writer uh, daniel pink ah yes um yeah i think i mentioned it to you before and, yeah i think and, you, you mentioned it in the yeah email. yeah it's, there's a good book by daniel pink um what it's called what's it is called, it, is it called um, drive is that drive yeah, exactly yeah. yeah the surprising truth truth about what motivates us and um yeah it's just basically it's just filled with like scientific research and conclusions about um like what really motivates us and why we are in this position like right now basically it goes through like all the way back to like like the industrial revolution and how how like the world worked back then and how the like we are still kind of the main 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 claim he makes is that we are still kind of working based of the models that were created like mm. more than a hundred years ago. And mm. society was completely different, obviously, and we didn't even understand how much very much about how the human brain works. And now that we have all this different new knowledge, we're still mostly our motivations our models for motivation are still based on this ancient stuff and 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 there's a different way to think about motivation. And that's that's like you can affect your own motivation if you understand these things, and it's really interesting. But it basically just to make it a little bit more practical um, comes down to like really having precise like like um, focus and understanding why you are doing something and having that intrinsic motivation instead mm-hmm. of the extrinsic. Like the, it's this is split between intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, like extrinsic motivation is something like having money or you know have having if you're not finishing something someone's gonna punish you or whatever you know and and intrinsic motivation is just understanding why you really want to do something and 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 that is actually the most powerful form of motivation to to really understand like do do something because you want just because you want to do it and, and, and there's nothing more to it and and like for me for us musicians I mean, we always th- think like we don't. We, it's self, kind of self-evident for us that we enjoy making music. Mm. But the more professional, the more professional we get, we kind of it's easy to forget. Like uh, it's it's really just we just you should just think keep thinking about it. Like why do I want to make this? And it's only because I enjoy doing it. It's so simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. And I remember watching. Daniel's TED talk it must have been quite a while back maybe two years ago and you know a light a light bulb went off in my head because it made so much sense and I was thinking because I struggled with with writer's block and I was thinking you know um I can't finish tracks and the reason is because I want like I desperately wanted to get signed to 
uh, this label. I can't remember what label it was. And mm. it got to a point where that was kind of the only reason I thought I was making music. Uh, and it yeah, had turned into yeah. extrinsic motivation and it didn't work out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one way, one way I like to kind of build that intrinsic motivation is listening to new music. I'm not sure if you, you find it the same, but yeah, like yeah. listening to new music can just, you can listen to one song that you've never heard before and it's really well composed and made and it just sparks a load of ideas. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's a great way. And uh, another one for me is to to uh, go out because I'm I'm kind of like I don't go out too much these days. But whenever I do go to a, like good good club nights and like or even or I, I actually I go to concerts now also a lot more than I used to. Okay, what like kind of what kind of music? music stuff like um, all kinds of music. You know, mm. I, I really like to go into all kinds of. Cause I, I like to, I enjoy all kinds of music, mm, but. Mm. I think you know it's just just being able to see kind of music performed live and and how people react to that. It's really motivating. Like you, you kind of understand like it's a social thing, isn't it? Like mm. music, it, it's 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 supposed to be like that, and it's always been like that. So, so kind of being there and experiencing it with the other people and and seeing how the music affects other people is really motivating for me. I think that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, and because I'm I'm also kind of a introvert personality a little bit so mm. i don't tend to go out as much as i should so <laughs> so for and, and i stay stay in my own little cave and make music mm. so it's easy to forget like the all these kinds of things that it, it's really a social thing and 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 the you have to stay connected to the social dynamic that that the music creates yeah i i absolutely agree with that i mean it's very easy as bedroom producers and I'm, I'm a bit introverted myself and mm. you know, yeah, you can stay inside all the time and make music, but I don't know, like all, every time I go out to a concert or a club night, I always come back feeling like I, all I wanted to do is make music. Um, yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly what I was trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm. That's really interesting. Uh, do you have any, I mean, we kind of touched on it. Do you, do you have any habits or routines that enable you to be more creative other than experimentation? Um, yeah, I think um, for me, I think the, there's, there's lots of habits and routines, but I, I think the most important thing is, is actually, I would say solitude, just creating, creating solitude because that is, that is the, I, like the paramount thing for for creativity to happen to 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 be able to like be in your own world and 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 just explore that and and get into the flow and that doesn't doesn't happen unless you're alone or if you're of course if you're writing a lot of music with someone else it can happen with someone else but still you have to have have that certain space that no one is going to come and interrupt you and and just con- that that's i think the most important habit for me is to kind of create that kind of solitude and for me it's often i've i've noticed that waking up early and getting getting to work early enough in the day is the best way for me to do it um mm. so you're you're a morning producer um i wouldn't say that i <laughs> i do i do like to write music any time of the day and mm. or or in the night as well 
but I I've, I have noticed in the past couple of years that that I actually perform a lot better in the mornings. I used to think of my myself as a night person. Yeah. Um, but now I realize it's only because it was a good time to have that kind of solitude, to be able to like have no distractions. But if you think about it, like in the evening, you are probably already kind of getting tired and and your brain is not really working as well as as when you're rested in the morning. Mm-hmm. So so it's like for me, I've, I really noticed that when I started experimenting with it and and kind of just trying to get up early and, you know, my girlfriend goes to work usually in the morning. So I'm left here alone and, and, and well, with, with my cats, <laughs> but anyway, so, um, I have that kind of time to, to sit down and start making music on my own terms. And, mm. and, and I also like to write in the mornings, like doing like my blog and stuff, but Anything like any serious work, any important work that I need to do for that day, I always try to like get it done first thing in the morning. It's not always possible, but if I can, because that's the, I just find my brain works the best when I'm rested and, and you know, it's the best time to like, because creativity requires a lot of, a lot of like, your brain needs to make a lot of new associations and, and connect things. And if you're tired, you're like, if it's like 4am in the morning and, and you've been up, like it's it's not the best time to like make that happen. So, mm. so for, for me, I would say like creating this, that kind of solitude and, and waking up early and getting your, your most important work done first, that those are the most important kind of habits for me. Um, and obviously there's kind of all kinds of routines you can build around that mm. to make it happen. For sure, that's uh, it's an interesting one because I don't come across many producers who make music in the morning. I personally love uh, producing in the morning. I much prefer it to the evening because I normally just get tired and I, I give up. Um, but to me, it makes a lot of sense. In the morning, you're you're fresh. Yeah, you know, you yeah. haven't got the stresses of yeah. the day behind you. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, of course, yeah, it's like, it's not always possible. And I didn't always work that way. So, and I still work sometimes in the, like, I think the most important thing is to keep in mind, like, whenever you feel like doing it, you should go for mm-hmm. it. Like, if I feel like staying up, like, until 4am in the morning, I will. You should do it, yeah. Uh, like, if I have, yeah, if the flow, if the flow is good, and if, if everything works, and you just, just ride it, you know, mm. just don't, don't worry about anything else. I think that's the most important thing in the end. Definitely. So, so you do this full time, correct? Uh, no, actually. Oh. I, I I have a half like I have a part time job as well. Right, right. So, um, I I used to do music for full time for, for a while, but yeah, it didn't really. <laughs> it was a bit too hard mm-hmm. for me. Um, so I did I did I had to I had to find a job and, and yeah. So I'm 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 still working half time and and but i i still have plenty of time to do music as well mm. because i i don't work full time so when you're producing i mean because i'm sure a lot of people are curious i hope you don't mind me asking do you do yeah. like mixing work for clients or is it just working on your own music for releases i do both i do mm. both um yeah i do both i do also do some mastering work uh, i like doing all kinds of things and and i like having like 
when you when you're doing stuff for clients it's it's a different frame like it's a different frame frame of mind and and you you're not allowed you you can't just you can't just do whatever you want you know you always have to keep in mind what the client is actually looking for and and it kind of gives you a frame to like from from where you can work from and and it's it's a different way to work and and I really like doing that as well so I really enjoy doing mixing work as well and I'm actually going to expand on that probably in the near future awesome that's that's cool uh with your own music i mean you you make drum and bass for the most part do you experiment with other genres yeah yeah i do um like i've always been experimenting with other different kinds of music as well but drum and bass just kind of i always come back to drum and bass somehow Mm. but for the first past past couple of years i've been actually doing a lot of techno okay that's interesting. I've been, yeah, I've been, yeah, I've been really like, I kind of got into techno pretty late, like, because I've been like listening to electronic music for a long time and I never really got into that much into techno. But in the past few years, I just really like started enjoying it and, and getting into it. And I've been writing a lot of techno. Uh, none of it has been released. It's more like I've just been doing it for my own enjoyment and having fun and, and kind of also. I see it as a like practice yeah, because yeah. I really just, it allows me a different way to think about things and it's really affecting by now I see, cause I've been doing it for a few years now and, and now, now I see it kind of starts to seep into my drum and bass productions as well and actually anything I do. So, so it's really, yeah, I really like switching up sometimes. I don't think you, you should get tied up into a one, one genre genre too much. If you're, if you obviously you should just do whatever you like but for me it's like i always want to push further and, and develop myself as a producer and then you know it's it's just natural for me it's interesting that you say uh from producing techno there's there's some stuff ideas that you carry over to drum and bass um that's interesting because i've always said to people you know by experimenting with other genres you pick up a lot of things uh, that are kind of specific to that genre so with techno it would be groove with drum and bass like uh i've i've made a little bit of drum and bass and i find it incredibly hard to mix so i think by experimenting with drum and bass you become a better mix engineer for example yeah i agree it is hard to mix i've noticed the same thing <laughs> yeah i wanted to talk about that actually why mm. why because a lot of people uh some people have asked me because i've said it you know i think drum and bass is hard to mix why do you think drum and bass is hard to mix? Mm. I think, well, that's basically, I would think, I've been thinking about it a lot as well. And I think I find there's actually, there's at least two things contributing to it. One is the tempo because it's so quick. There's just no, like, there's no room. There's not so much room between the drum hits and whatever. Like, there's so much going on. Like, it's it's just like there's there's no room for for silence and and you know you have to make every second and every fraction of a second count and and you know it's just so there's I think that the tempo is the first thing and the second thing is just the general kind of direction where the music where the genre has gone to in the past ten years or fifteen years like it's really f- like full like it's mixed in a way that it 
it should you we want it to sound really big and full and and it's it's kind of hard to achieve that with this kind of tempos it's i find it's easier whenever like for example if i'm working in 140 bpm i find it's easier to mix because i have even if the, if it's the exact same kind of sound um, after the sound signature like mixing wise i find it's easier to achieve that in 140 because just because you have like more time tempo wise to do like more separation between the hits and you know so it's easier in for me to anyway to achieve a good sound uh in less time but also yeah like i said it comes down to the kind of style you're working in like that's one of the reasons i kind of i kind of got tired in of that really loud and in your face kind of drum and bass sound myself and and i've been like for the past few years i've been going more and more into a sort of deeper minimal kind of direction and it, it also reflects like what, what's going on in my own life like but also like that one of the reasons is because i find it just easier to mix and and like i don't have to spend so much time tweaking eqs and compressors to make it sound right because i just rather really focus on on creating good music and and not worry about the technical stuff so much so so it also comes down to what kind of drum and bass you're making because it's 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 a beautiful thing actually to see like how it's developed because there's so many different kinds of styles and and you know within drum and bass so that that's that's actually quite interesting but it's a different topic yeah 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 for sure yeah for someone who's uh, listening and wants to get into drum and bass, uh, just in terms of listening, for example, what artists would you recommend? Um, I would recommend definitely to check out actually Loxy's CX podcast. Okay. Because, yeah, or any any mixes from Loxy actually, yeah. I would recommend. Rather than having a single artist, I would just go to SoundCloud and type down CX podcast i'll, or, I'll link uh, it in the uh, i'll link it in the show notes yeah 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 cool. and you've done a lot of work with him i have i have and he has an amazing ability to kind of dig out like new artists and he's always supporting like he's always he just likes to play good music he's not into like the name games or anything like like he's, he's just he just wants to push good music and and he always has has some great really good music in his mixed uh, mixes and so definitely check out the CX podcast. That, that's the best place to go for, for interesting drum and bass for me. Awesome. Well, I'm going to take a listen to that. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a bit more, it's quite, some, it's quite experimental and some of it you might not even recognize as drum and bass, especially if you're new to the genre, but, but it just goes to show like the versatility and, and where, it's, like, where, it's all, where we stand right now with drum and bass. Like there's all kinds of different vibes going on and yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's great. Mm, mm. Yeah. I want to switch gears for a moment and talk about your blog, uh, resoundsound.com. Is it, it's about five years old now? Is that correct? Four or five? Yeah, I think about five, four or five years. Okay. Yeah, what, something like that. So what, what drove you to start it? Um, well, actually it started as, as a personal like artist website hmm. and I started it like, like 10 years ago already. So I've had the wow. d- domain for like 10 years mm. and the site has been up for 10 years, but it was just a like very generic artist website originally. Mm-hmm. And, and about like 
yeah, when I started the blog, like four, I think it's four years now, or maybe even five. I kind of lost track. Anyway, um, yeah, so people always were people were always asking me a lot of questions about music production, and and uh, and I enjoy helping out, and and you know when I can, I, I like to talk to talk about these things. So it was kind of natural pro- progression for me to start start a blog because I was at the time I was kind of thinking like. I want to do something different with my website rather than having a generic artist website. Mm. So I just thought like, why not start writing about music production? Because that's like, I kind of talk about that, that stuff with people all the time anyway. And yeah, that's how it started out. Yeah. Right. And, and at the moment, I mean, what, what does resound sound? uh, What's your goal with the website? Why is it up? Why do you run it at the moment? Well, to be completely honest, like over the years, I've, I've realized it's such an amazing learning tool for myself to be writing about music production. So, so a, a big reason, a big reason for me to like keep going and do it, keep doing it is to, to kind of keep myself in the like, like how should I say it? Keep my keep myself involved and and stay current and and keep exploring and and learning about new things. So for me, it's that is really important. But also, of course, I, I really enjoy like connecting with people, seeing how how different people like from different parts of the world, like getting something out of it, you know. And, and sometimes it's quite surprising also, like, I wouldn't expect, like, I, sometimes I write about something that is not really something big for me, but then someone else comes and, and it's, it's like, it's for, for them, it's a revelation. So, yeah, so yeah. it's quite interesting. Yeah. So it, it, it's really, it, there's, there's a lot of things why I like to do it, but obviously there's, there's the kind of aspect of teaching and, and having, having like, because uh, I've always had people say to me like I'm a good teacher, so that's kind of uh, I, I'm kind of I guess I'm unconsciously kind of doing that in the blog now, um, but also like doing just just doing it for myself and learning that way because I have to because if I write some about something in the public, I have to kind of make sure that I'm I'm not bullshitting anything or you know I have to make sure it's good and it keeps me real like I have to make some research. And mm. and if I'm reviewing plugging, I have really want to make sure like I, I know, know what I'm talking about. And in the process, I learned so much that I really just it just took my the whole blogging thing has taken my music production onto a new level completely. I find the same actually. Like uh, since running EDM Prod, it's been it almost places more importance on on learning and practice because you have to you have to practice what you preach <laughs> yeah that's a bit more exactly a bit yeah. Extra pressure yeah yeah um yeah. a lot of your content i mean we've kind of touched upon this but i'm wondering if you have any more uh tips a lot of your content addresses workflow and, and creativity problems which i think is awesome because there's a lot of technical advice out there which is good uh, but sometimes people forget about the mindset and the and that kind of area, which is a, a massive struggle for creative people. Yeah. Do you have any actionable advice 
practical advice for someone who's struggling to finish music? They're stuck in a rut. They haven't finished a song in months or mm. even years. Uh, what advice mm. would you give to someone like that? Well, um, yeah, there's, I think there's like three really important things. Um, I'll give you the three things and, and we can discuss them like then in more detail. So first one, I think like giving, giving up perfectionism is the most important thing. Like just, that's just hands down. Second one is creating accountability. And the third one is, I think this is the most actionable one. And I think you also wrote about it in your, in your excellent ebook, the, the producer's guide to workflow and creativity. Uh, just creating the, getting the structure done quickly, quick, like first very quickly in the process that really helps with finishing music. So, but, so those, th- those three things, I think like giving up per- perfectionism, like creating accountability and just getting the structure nailed down as quick as possible. They're really powerful tools for, for, for finishing music quick. For sure. Now with perfectionism, it's, it's an interesting one because I've told people this, I've said, you have to, you have to get out of that mindset. And then they say, but then am I purposely making bad music or why shouldn't I strive to make, you know, a masterpiece? That's where people get hung up. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I, 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 I understand that completely, and and it, it's a struggle for sure. Mm. It's not as easy, but but also like people kind of also get mixed up with like because if you really think about it, there is no such thing as perfect. Mm. There is, mm. it's it's not possible. It's impossible. There's always something to improve, and no matter how good you are. There's oh you will always the better you get the more things you will find to improve, mm. and if you if you never like finish and if you never like decide something is finished you will never get that kind of momentum to go forward, and that perfectionism is really just the big biggest hurdle I've I've seen mm. in many, like I've seen a lot of people like I've been doing this electronic music for twenty years now and I've seen a lot of people like getting stuck in just like really talented guys, like making great, great music. And they're just like stuck in, in their own kind of perfectionism. Like they're not finishing stuff and st- sending it out. Like I always try to encourage, encourage people to start sending the music out and before, like before you get stuck too much, because momentum is really important for your progress. And, and you, you can't get that momentum going if you're just not getting your stuff out there. So yeah, it's like, Mixing, like you, you shouldn't, like, perf- it's good to strive, strive for, for like great music, for sure. Like you should strive to make masterpieces, absolutely. But, but you're never, you should understand that you're never going to be completely happy with anything that you make. Like there's always something, like no matter how good it is, no matter how good like other people tell you it is, there's always something that can, can be tweaked or improved. So you have to have understand that kind of difference between having having a good having a good piece of music and and just and, and trying to make it perfect. Um, yeah, it's just it's just you should like understand when it's good enough. I guess mm. just realize that good 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 enough is good enough. You know, you don't have to make it perfect. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's one important thing to to kind of 
think about is how long you are or how how far along you are in your journey as a producer so if you've just started making yeah. music then it's a really bad idea to spend months on a song uh, because you're learning incredibly yeah. slowly but also yeah. there's this kind of point of i think uh diminishing returns and sometimes there's just a point yeah. where you have to call it finished and move into the next project and yes. apply what you've learned yeah. yes exactly yeah yeah that's 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 really good. I think the good way to put it, the diminishing diminishing returns. Yeah, mm. I absolutely. Because you can you can endlessly tweak stuff, like you said. Like there's yeah. there's always something to, you know, you can make the snare drum a little bit more bright, um, yeah. marginally. But at the end of the day, is it really going to make a difference? Uh, that, yeah, that's how I look at it. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah, exactly. And I think at that point, when you come to that point, you should just ask yourself like. How are other people going to hear this? Are they going to hear a difference? Is, is it going to make a difference? Because it's it's quite likely it's only in your own head. Mm. Other people are, oh, in any case, other people are going to hear your music in a completely different way than you are. Like they have their different like references. They have their own kind of frame from from which they are looking at it. It's a different. Everyone has a different angle to music. It's a very personal thing and. Mm. Everyone hears it differently, so it doesn't really make matter if if your snare is a little bit brighter or a little, little bit duller or whatever. You know, it's, it's, when you come to that yeah. point, when you when you start asking those questions, that's kind of the point when you know, like, you, uh, maybe it's time to move mm. on. It's funny too how some, uh, in terms of everyone likes certain things, some people actually like music that is purposely not perfect or is. Yeah, that's that's the interesting thing. Like, it's such a subjective. Yeah. Uh, that it's intrinsically subjective. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. Um, and and the second one you mentioned was create accountability. Do you want to elaborate yeah. on that? Yeah. Um. So to make yourself accountable to someone about finishing music, for me. The number one best way to do it is to have deadlines. Um, but it has to be, for me, it doesn't work that I set my own deadlines. It has to be like a project that I'm working with someone else or maybe for a label or whatever. It has to, they, they have to, have to, has to be an element of other people being involved so that I, I'll, I'll feel like if I'm not finishing this, I'm going to let, let all these people down. And that that's all that that's the number one biggest thing that makes me finish things, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> having deadlines. But yeah, it's, it's if you're if you're not working with with a label or whatever, then it might not be so efficient to just you you can try making your own de- own deadlines. Maybe it works for someone, but for me, it's I always miss them anyway. If I just <laughs> make my own deadlines, mm-hmm. um, and but another thing I think I should mention here is. Collaboration is also really powerful. Just just making music with other people. Since I started working with Loxy, like we've been doing music for I think almost ten years now together. Wow. Um, so the bulk, bulk bulk of the music I make made in the past past ten years or so has been with with him. Mm. And and I've been finishing a lot more. Like out of the stuff that I I just work on my own compared to the stuff that I work with him a lot more gets finished of the collaborative stuff. And that also comes back to accountability 
to have someone working on with you and you just you don't want to let them down um so definitely you should think about working with someone even it's if it's only for for some of the music you do mm. um there's also many other benefits to collaboration but i think the the big one here is is being accountable and being able to finish more i'm i'm curious as to how uh i mean you've been making music with loxy for 10 years which is a long time how does the mm. the process work i mean is he does he live near you is it like are you working no no we live in different countries he's so it's completely in Finland and, and yeah wow. yeah it is like there, there was we've, we've done music like only a few times like that we've been in the same room mm. to make music i mean we obviously we meet a lot because I, I go there to play sometimes to london and and he comes here like we we meet sometimes mm. but um we don't really make music when we meet we rather spend that time I'm like connecting and, and talking and, and, you know, I, that, that's more important for us yeah. when we meet. But uh, yeah, yeah, to come back to making music, um, it really actually works very well for us to work remotely because I think it comes back to what I said earlier about solitude mm. and having that kind of, you're having your own creative space to experiment with. So we, like him being in, in the UK and me being in Finland, we, we just throw things back and back and forth and we have our own time and space to like work on things for as long as we like to and we, and then when we're finished with our own work we just send it to the to the other guy and, and he can take on so like it, it really comes down to having your own time to experiment because if you're in the studio at the same time with someone you 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 will have some kind of time pressure to finish things quick more quickly and maybe you only have a few hours mm. or a day to finish start something so you don't really tend to experiment as much as you should at least in my point of view i would I, agree I, with I, that. I always yeah mm. i love because all interesting music that i've done the most interesting music that i've done always comes out of that that place of experimentation that's how it starts, and 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 you know this this way of working really allows us both to have the, that that kind of freedom. Also, with with our new new newer project, the levels it's it's a band project. Mm-hmm. We have a vocalist in Denmark, so that also like it works the same way. She also has her own space and time to work on things, and somehow it all just starts to take shape and come together. I want to talk about so, yeah, that. It works really well. Your, your <laughs> band, the levels. Yeah, I mean, cool. how did how did that come together and like what kind of music do you, do you work on mostly? Um, it started as, as kind of, um, it started as a drum and bass thing mm-hmm. with me, with, with me and Loxy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we were, we were, yeah, we were looking for a vocalist for, for many years. We were kind of wanting to do some vocal music, vocal drum and bass tracks for a long, long while. But, um, yeah, we were we're kind of quite picky with like who we like to work with, like vocalist wise, especially it has to be the right kind of sound that works for our music mm. and what we had have in mind. So it took uh, took us a long while to kind of find the right person, but eventually we stumbled on uh, a vocalist Clara, or Alia is actually her artist name, um, Alia Fresco. And she's from Denmark, and and we've been working with her for 
I think about three years now, but we only recently started releasing the music. Um, so the kind of music, it, we, it started as drum and bass, but and it, it, we didn't have the intention of forming a band at the time. Mm. We were just w- looking to do some drum and bass tracks with vocals, simply, just as simple as that. But we pretty quickly realized, like, everyone was really into it. Like, I mean, the, the three of us, we were all really into it. And and then we were making lots of tracks and it doesn't, there, there wasn't really, like, there wasn't an end to be seen for that. So we just thought, like, why not just form a band? And, and we also started realizing that we could just do so much more than just, like, confine ourselves into drum and bass. So we decided, like, we just should just let let music happen and see what like see what comes out and without any restrictions and it's an exploration for us. So it started as drum and bass, but it really has evolved into something completely different. Like a lot of the tracks we do still, they are still in in drum and bass tempo, basically. Yeah. But but um but kind of half speed though. Okay. So it's one seventy. Yeah but it's kind of half speed. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also work in other tempos now and, and we just like, we just want to make the whole point of this project is to, to be free of any restrictions and just do the kind of music that kind of comes out naturally out of all of our like influences and, and preferences and, and see what happens when all these like three different people from three different countries with three really different backgrounds yeah, yeah. come together you know so that's the kind of we kind of we like to i think the common nominator with, between us is like a sort of melancholy mm. and that kind of so we like to call it we, we call it future soul music ourselves but you know to someone else it might not be like anything near soul music so mm. it's just something we like to call it future soul music yeah that's that's awesome is there mm. the levels? Is there any meaning behind that name, or was it just kind of a a random name? Um, yeah, that, there's there's sort of well, we were thinking about different names. We had many different suggestions and ideas, but that one kind of just resonated with us really well because, well, I think it just for me it's it's just having having new levels, like mm. deep thinking for for making music. So that that's kind of the. That's that's the kind of idea behind the name. Very cool. Uh, yeah. Okay, I've got two more questions, and then we'll jump into these these quick fire questions. Yeah. Cool. So, obviously, you're you're a DJ as well. Uh, how does mm. being a DJ influence your productions? Like, does it help in any way? Um. Yeah, it does. I think it's. I think the most important thing is like it's helped me like referencing wise a lot mm. like technical re- like when I when I play my own music in DJ sets I will instantly hear like if something is wrong or if something doesn't work so it's it's a really good like tool for like training your ear and and referencing your music to to other music like and I'm not, I'm not really I don't, I'm not speaking about like musical ideas i'm only speaking technically okay like if the mix down is correct and and and, and the levels are right and, and everything like works and you, you will in a, in a in a mix when you play your music in a mix with other tracks you will instantly hear the difference 
Mm. And you'll know if so, like if the snare isn't good enough or if it doesn't come in, if the vocal is too quiet or something, it's much easier to hear in that kind of context. I think that is the the most important thing I got, kind of got out, out from DJing. These days, though, I do a lot of referencing as well, like while I'm making music. Mm. I have this amazing plugin called Magic AB. Ah, I've been meaning to hit that. Really, uh, yeah, you should. It's it's really really good. It's, it's like it really make, puts your like referencing game on another level. Mm. It's really great. So I use that a lot, just like listening to other music while I'm making making stuff, and just just to make sure like it, it's kind of in the right ballpark, like mixing wise. Mm-hmm. But yeah, back to DJing, like yeah, referencing. Um, also maybe maybe kind of it, it's helped me to to kind of get 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 the produ- production like back to essentials and focus on more on the core ideas in the music like instead of cr- cramming like too much stuff in a single track mm. i kind of noticed that when i started first started djing like properly like well actually i started djing like in the mid 90s and like <laughs> high school discos and stuff like that <laughs> but um, but yeah, I wasn't really like playing any of my own, own music back then, but like about 10, like a bit more than 10 years ago, I started like doing some proper DJ gigs and stuff. And I, at the at the time, I kind of noticed that my track started to be more streamlined and more focused on the core ideas, whereas before there used to be, there, there was a lot more stuff going on and the structure wasn't so um, refined, should I say. Of course, it's also a matter of taste, but but yeah, I think DJing has influenced, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, it has definitely influenced the way my, my music sounds now. It's more streamlined, it's more, obviously, because when you're DJing, you have to play two tracks on top of each other, so it kind of makes you think about the structure and makes you, like, you want to remove anything that is not essential to the idea of the track and makes you focus on the on the core ideas and, and make them really good and strong that that is also i think really big thing in, in whether you're djing or not you should think about the core ideas in in the music and focus on those and yeah and just not confuse the listener with something that is just isn't essential with the with the core with the core idea of your track yeah yeah that's uh that's super interesting, and I think because um, mm. I I used to DJ a bit, but I'm I haven't done it in a while, and I found it can be quite easy to you know add a little bit too much to a song, especially if the the music you're making is aimed at the club. Uh, yeah, because if you play a complicated, complex song in a club, it's just not going to sound good, and the listener exactly. won't understand it. Yeah. So I think I personally think uh, DJing alongside helps a lot if your goal is to make music for uh, for the club or for festivals. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And also I think another point is is that DJing, being a DJ just makes you listen to a lot of different kinds of music and, and explore music. And Because I find myself, I don't really listen to a whole lot of music like on my own. If I wasn't DJing, I would probably like just like most of the time just 99% of the time just be listening to the stuff I make. <laughs> uh, but being a DJ kind of forces me to, like, people are sending me music and and uh, I'm exploring new different kinds of music and it makes me look kind of 
yeah, it, it brings me a lot of good ideas and influences, and and that's also part of being a DJ. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, okay, if you were to start again at square one, what would you do differently, if anything? Um, yeah, that, that's that's a really good question. Also, also a tough question as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you you have to. I mean, you have to make mistakes mm-hmm. also because that's how you learn. You're like, so I think for me, I wish. I started writing about music earlier, like mm. blogging or, or writing, like in any, even if it was just for myself. Because so writing really makes you think about things and condense and process the information. And, and also, like, like we talked before, like it makes you research, do your research and, and learn, learn better. So, if if there's one thing to change, I th- I wish I would have started writing, writing the blog the blog much sooner. Mm. Like maybe like even even the, when I first got started, I should have started writing and like journaling journaling the progress. It would really have helped me uh, tremendously for sure. I think that's that's good advice. So uh, for those listening, journal. Because it's kind of, it's like putting yeah. your thoughts down on paper. Well, well, not paper, but the, exactly. Yeah, type, yeah. Type it doesn't have to days. be anything more than that. Yeah, mm. yeah. Like it doesn't have to be like you're trying to teach someone or whatever. Um, even though I think you don't really have to be an expert to be able to teach someone. No. Like you, you, you can always like there's always going to be people who are on you know on the same level of progression as you are and they like they will get something out of when you share your experience mm. what you're struggling with and you, you don't have to really be an expert at something in order to be able to like be useful to others but even if it's just for journaling for yourself it's it's immensely useful useful like you said just just for your own thought process Mm. yeah absolutely uh okay we'll jump into these these quick fire questions let's say you're stuck on a desert island with only a laptop and uh you have a daw on your laptop all three of them in your case (laughs) uh Mm, we can just take ableton live okay just ableton live (laughs) then (laughs) yeah and you only have access to three plugins what would those plugins be um yeah really good question um uh sound toys filter freak is the first one okay um would you like me to like like elaborate elaborate on them a little bit or uh i haven't actually heard of filter freak what just briefly what is it oh yeah it's a filter plugin but um it's also i mostly use it i don't use it as a filter most of the time i use it for for beefing up sounds it's it's got amazing this kind of analog kind of fullness kind of crunch and it has different colors you can choose from mm. so i use it like just to beef things up and make make things sound better right right uh, but it's it's also at the same time it's a very, very versatile filter it's got all kinds of modulation possibilities you can you can use it as a compressor as well uh. um you can create some rhythmic effects and you, you can even just use it kind of as an EQ with, with the filters. So it's a very versatile plugin. So that's definitely one of my Descent Island plugins. I've been using it for years, like for five years probably now. And wow. Yeah, I, I couldn't live without it. 
Um, second one, Fab Filter Pro Q2, definitely. Uh, just hands down the best, most versatile EQ I've I've come across. Um, yeah, just amazing plugin mm. with all the visualization as well. I don't think you should like be mixing based based on what you see, but it, it can be a really useful tool in your in, in your toolbox, so to say. Like if you use it, the visualization right away, uh, it can be very useful. And also just the yeah, just the workflow and the like the different kind of things that you can do with it. The plugin, it's just it amazing plugin. Five Filter Pro Q2. And the th- third one, I would say Sound Toys Echo Boy. Mm-hmm. It's a it's an echo plugin. Um, again, very versatile plugin. It can do all kinds of different echoes. Like there's tons of different algorithms inside, and you can you can go really wild, or you can just do some really really subtle things. You can almost make it sound like a reverb as well. So and then you can also drive it like if you want to get some crunch you can drive it drive the inputs and, and make the sound more crunchy so you can get different colors out of it so those three plugins definitely i'd say like awesome. sound toys filter freak fab filter pro q2 and sound toys echo boy fantastic yeah. good plugins mm. uh yeah what's the best piece of advice you've been given regarding music production well I mean, there's lots. There's so much good advice around, and and and, but I think something that really st- has stuck with me all these years, um, and it sounds kind of banal at first, but when you really start thinking about it, it it it's quite profound actually. And it's something when I, one of my teachers said to me when I was studying music production uh, 15 years ago. And he, we were in the classroom, and and his name is Tippi Tuovin, and he's one of the, like classic like real old school guys like finnish finnish mixing engineers he started mixing in the 70s and and he's been involved with all kinds of like movies and recordings and whatever like one of the big figures in in finnish recording industry so so he he asked as a question like if you put shit into a reverb what do you get and he answers, you get reverbed shit. <laughs> and that's kind of, <laughs> it, it, it sounds kind of stupid, but when you really start thinking about it, it's, it's about like getting things right at the source. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, it applies to everything, you know, you have to, you have to think about it. Like you're making, you're only, only making things harder if you're not getting things right at the source. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of something that has kind of stuck with me all these years. I think that's, that's really good advice. There's a similar quote, I can't remember who it's by, um, but it's basically along the lines of a good mix down starts with sample selection and sound design. Yeah, yeah. And it really yeah. does. Um, yeah, yeah that's, does. Oh, that's awesome. Sure. Mm. Uh, has there been a book, resource, or YouTube tutorial, or more, or many, that have helped you significantly make better music? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, First of all, I have I have to say your your new guide that you the package you just recently published is awesome, really oh, really good it. stuff. Man. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah, and I've I've been going through that stuff, and it's just yeah, I'm I'm actually learning a lot of stuff, and and it's also a lot of the stuff is really good reminder for me, and mm. and and it's just it's a great like it's 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 a really great way to kind of 
put like you you have really put it all together in a really good way i think oh thank you man so congratulations that. on that and it's, it's it's a really good package so that's 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 for one for sure but um to mention another book i would say mastery by robert green mm. Mm. it's not exactly a book about music production but it's it's a book about becoming good at anything you do like anything you want to do it's like he examines the great people in in the history like people like mozart or einstein all these kind of big figures in history and how they got how they he's trying to find the common denominators like behind how they became what they like how they how they became good at their their craft and and if is there something in common and and he, he does find a lot of interesting things in in their backgrounds and how what they and it's also just just an interesting really interesting peek into these people's minds like it's definitely on inspiring i've read it i've, I've listened to it in in audiobook form two times now mm. it's an amazing book yeah it is um I bought the hard copy as well recently because I just want to have the copy yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I can't recommend that enough. And and for me, like listening to audiobooks is a really good way because I'm, I'm a slow reader, and especially because English is not my native language, I'm not so quick at reading English. So for me, listening is a, is a great way to to get get through books and 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 yeah. So I would definitely recommend Mastery by Robert Greene. Um. And I should mention on YouTube tutorials as well. I should mention the Pensados Place channel. Definitely, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it's it's been a such a, it's it's not really like tech. There's some good technical stuff there as well, and I learned a lot from it. But for me, the true like the most the biggest things for, thing for that what I've learned from it is just to get the kind of insider view on the. Is prof- music professionals' heads and the way they think and you know the the way they approach things and and you just get it from like when you see them talk to each other and you kind of mm. get to sit there with them and see see what they talk and how they think about things and there's a lot of like how, how you say like silent information yeah like you you, can, yeah. you can't you can't really get that from from tutorials or technical like. Like technic, someone's so showing the technical stuff. You, you only get that from like from subtle cues, like when you see people talk to each other and 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 how they think about things. And eventually, you start to build up like a more professional mindset and picture of things, like how things actually really work. Mm-hmm. So that's where like Pensado's place has been really valuable for me. Awesome, great resources. Yeah. Well, it's it's been an absolute pleasure uh, to talk with you and likewise man where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you um my my website my blog www.resoundsound.com yep so just head on there and and you'll find everything in there fantastic thanks again mm. okay thank yeah thanks for having me it's, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure and yeah, i love what you i just have to say i love what you're doing with your website as well EDM prod, it's just thumbs up, man. Really oh, good I, job. I appreciate it. All right, man. Mm. Take care. Yeah, take care.